0: What's going on ladies and gentlemen, this is muscle. And this is another two line music cuts, entertainment report podcast. And today we have a really special guest. Listen, this lady just stepped off of one of the biggest stage in the world. Listen, she's an entrepreneur. She's a fashionista and she's right from here in Toronto. You know, we have in the building today, we have Nikki hype, the right type in the building today. What's going on, my oh sister? Oh, my
1: God. Good night, muscle. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us here tonight.
1: <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Especially, I know, coming off of such a big stage and stuff, it's like, <laughs> how did you even catch your breath when you came down?
1: Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're talking about Sting, of course? Yeah. Sting, was. It's a big. it was a big deal for me. It was really mm-hmm. a big deal. The preparation to get there was a big yeah. deal. And um, being on stage... I just felt like, wow, I'm really here. Yeah. So I really have to represent now. Like, I'm here. There's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Let's just do what I've been doing for so many years and preparing myself to be on such a platform.
0: Such a big stage. Yes. All right. We're going to get more into depth. But on this podcast, we like to go from beginning mm-hmm. and then bring it right up to 2023, Which where is we late. are right now. So I know you were born in Spanish Town, mm-hmm. but you grew up in Clarendon.
1: That is it. <laughs> all right.
0: What was it like growing, growing up in Clarendon? What type of child were you back then?
1: Um, well behaved.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: grew up with my nana, my grandmother. Yeah. So because my mom migrated to Canada, and and uh, my grandmother and my dad, along with the rest of your relatives, you know, mm-hmm. takes a village to raise you. So I grew up with my aunts, and um, my grandmother, strong woman, all women. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up in Clarendon is—we had the ups and the downs. Early morning waking up, yeah, to go catch the bus. Because funny enough, because even though I lived in Clarendon, I went to school in Spanish
0: Down. Or oh, you went to school in Spanish Town? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they didn't want to change me to Maypen Prep or whatever. But I was in yeah. S- at St. Catherine's Primary, mm-hmm. so I had to wake up really early. But it was—it's a journey that I don't regret.
0: Yeah. So you spent half, when you were growing up, it was half your time in Spanish Town, half in Clarendon?
1: Exactly, because my dad is from Spanish Town Mm. and half in in Clarendon. So I had both culture, you know? Yeah. I I know both places.
0: (laughs) Which place did you really enjoy the most then growing up back then? Boy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Spanish down is real ghetto, I ain't going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> you can run up and down yeah, and carry on in Spanish down. You know, my cousins were there as well, so I had a lot of people to play with in Clarendon. It was more structured. You know, my grandmother was there. Mm-hmm. You had to do your schoolwork. You just had to be structured when you're growing up there. And it and it taught you a lot. You do a lot of walking, yeah. carry water, clean the house, yeah. do a little gardening, and I, I really, all of that that was instilled in me and made me who I am
0: mm-hmm. right now, yeah. From so. back then. So even growing up what do you think you're gonna get into back then did you want to become a nurse a doctor a lawyer account what do you want to become yeah
1: back then? honestly nurse nursing yeah. was one of my passion because um uh, I think I was around a lot of old people okay kind of thing and I've, I'm always the one they call on to help them to do things and I remember one of the incident one of my uncle met in a really bad accident and no mm-hmm. one wanted to help him to do the dressing. Mm-hmm. Except for me, because yeah. you know, at some point the smell gets a little bit intense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember that clearly helping him, and so I thought I really wanted to be a nurse back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's what you thought you were going to get into at first. And what did you even discover, like fashion and hair and beauty and that those type of stuff? Was that something younger, or that was something way later?
1: No, hairdressing is always instilled. My granddad is a barber okay by trade my uncle's yeah. my mom is a hairstylist as okay. well and so at a very tender age i started braiding hair like at 6 7 i was braiding my own hair mm-hmm. and so braiding became natural it's no one taught me how to do it it was self taught mm-hmm. and then so knowing that my mom is a hairdresser a hairstylist whatever when i came to canada that's what i wanted to do because of what my mom was doing right mm-hmm. so yeah
0: the from fashion thing
1: there. came <laughs> mm-hmm. fashion thing came from my mother to tell you the truth dressing mm-hmm. us up wearing matching 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 you know it was like whoa yeah. so that's from my mama Janice. love her to death yeah
0: and mm-hmm. um, do you have any brothers sisters
1: i do i have two sisters by my mother's side and mm-hmm. of course my father you know how dads are <laughs> <laughs> i think i have like six over that yeah. side over there but mm-hmm. i love him you know <laughs> but i have two younger sisters um ashika and uh, tishani Love them too. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you were the oldest one in the house growing up at that time. There. Both
1: parents. Yeah. I'm the first of so both my dad and my mother.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was that like now being the oldest out of all your siblings at that time there? <laughs>
1: hmm. Wow. You know what? I'm 15 years apart from my first, my second sibling.
0: So, you're almost like an only child for a long period like of an, time. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: So, when she came along, a lot of people thought she was my child mm. because I, you know, took care of her well. My, I helped my mom a lot because I knew that my mom works really hard. Yeah. And so I'm always the sibling to take care of the, the, the younger ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, are in Jamaica. And when did you migrate to Canada?
1: I was 11.
0: 11? Yeah. Okay, so you have solid memories of Jamaica before yes, you came here. Yes, of
1: course, yeah. of course.
0: What's one fond memory you remember before you left to come to Canada? A
1: lot. I went to the canal to go swim
0: Yeah.
1: and didn't know how to swim, <laughs> right? And so my dad heard about it, and on top of me almost drowned, my mm-hmm. dad gave me a fine whooping. That was a lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, it's fathers for you, you know what I'm saying? And they're trying to protect you and keep you safe. And I had no business going to the yeah. canal anyways.
0: Why would you think you could go down there and swim in the first place?
1: Because I'm following my cousins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that and have you're no the big one, one like so you're, suppo- you're supposed to know better.
1: Uh, I wasn't I wasn't the older one in that clique. Got you. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, mm-hmm. Spanish John was kind of mm-hmm. freestyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mama, papa dog was rough, rough boy. Yeah. So I got a fine ass whooping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember it to this day. <laughs> the panty pull up in your bottom and <laughs> <laughs> bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> But yeah, so mm-hmm. that was fun. Spanish town back there. Spanish town so, badness.
0: What was it like to migrate from Jamaica to Canada? Did you ever come to Canada before you migrated or it was just a straight transition? Straight
1: transition. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom came for me and I was excited because I love my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though she was away for like six years, I've always, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. she call, write letters, send voice, uh, you know, what do you call it? Tape record on those little cassettes yeah. and mail it so I can hear her talking to yeah. me. So I love my mom dearly, and so when she came for me, I was excited to just come here. It didn't matter where. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be with my mom. Not that my family wasn't taking care of me. Got you. Right? But remember, you know. Mom is mom. Mom is mom, right? So migrating here was, you know, nice to be living with my mom. Had my own space, because in Jamaica you have a lot of cousins Mm -hmm. you have to share the space with. And so coming here was just me and my mother alone, and it was, like, really special. It was really nice bonding with her in a new country and learning different things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was an experience.
0: Would you say it was a culture shocker? How was it actually now adjusting from Jamaica to Canada? Do you come in summertime or wintertime, or when did you come?
1: I came in summer.
0: Okay, so you thought it was the same, basically the same weather.
1: At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did I ever think it was the same weather? Yeah. But I, my mom was always told to send pictures of snow and tell tell me when it's cold and, you know, see her in the winter jackets. I was mm-hmm. expecting that to happen. Yeah. You know, that the winter would come more to the cold. And I was excited for the winter. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to know, to experience that. But when I came... Um, my family always tried to make me do things in Jamaica to make me be more established of what's going to happen abroad. So, you. you know, we did the outings, you know, we did the trips, field trips. I had a, uh, some family friends that live, you know, Stone Hill. Mm-hmm. They would call that the, the rich people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> learning how to do stuff. And even though I was living in a, a low class, I would say, or, or a ghetto, I, I was always taught to use knife and fork and table manners and all that thing that, you know, be polite. Mm-hmm. And so coming here, it was the transition was really easy for me mm-hmm. at that time.
0: And what was it even like going into school at that time? Because remember, you're coming out Bad, with an accent. School, and... <laughs> yeah. The school was kind <laughs> of different. but
1: yeah. mm-hmm. school was different. School was different because, you know, you're trying to speak proper, but you still have the Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. And then they put me in French class. My God. Wow. français? What is
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you still, you learned something about something. Something. But yeah, um,
1: yeah the, the schooling was different. But I mean, I really had some really good teachers that embraced me mm-hmm. and tried to work with me. And um I appreciate those teachers, especially one called Mr. Beetlestone at Fairbank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fairbank Senior at Dufferin and Eglinton. That's that's Yeah. Fairbank Senior Schools. Yeah. He was amazing. Um I still remember my, my French teacher name, Miss Bates. Yeah. I don't know if she's still alive, but yeah. Big and up so, Miss Bates. Right? And, but mm-hmm. especially Mr. Beatlestone, loved him. Yeah.
0: It was because it was a real transition coming in from Jamaica to Canada as a school. You're still young. You're going to start to become into your team. So it's a lot of things happening at the same time.
1: Yes, yes. Um, it was more like a, the language barrier was hard because, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, the pronunciation, um, the mix of different cultures. Yeah. In the school, um, they actually put us in a class called ESL, yeah. English as a Second Language. Mm-hmm. Lord, I didn't really like that, but I, <laughs> you you need that. Honestly, yeah. sounds like you're you know below standards, but you really needed to know how to pronounce your H's and your A and yeah. you know all that. So I appreciate that load of time in there. I came out very quickly because you know I studied hard at home, and my mom makes sure that I'm always with a book reading, and you know because she wanted a better life for me, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To really, and especially now you're in a new country with a lot of opportunities. Right. So they want to give you the best runway possible.
1: That is it. And she yeah. so she did, really. Yeah. In the summertime before I actually started Fairbanks, she sent yeah. me to a Catholic school on St. Clair. Yeah. All they taught me was about fish. Man, I don't understand what. <laughs> <if> they, <laughs> if they thought I was a mermaid. <laughs> I learned about every type of fish. There yeah. was squid, octopus, you name it. But yeah. I was writing stories about that. and mm-hmm. uh, That kind of helped the transition as well because, you know, not knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. going to a regular school, going to the summer camps and summer school was really helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: And was it easy to make friends once you got here?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm always a people person. Yeah. Yeah. So one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that You're was that. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm.
0: And what part of the city did you guys come to? Uh,
1: Marley and Eglinton.
0: Marley. Okay. So you've yeah. always been in that in zone. That, in
1: that zone. Yeah, yeah. Right at Marley and Eglinton, 110. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: Did Mom have the um, hairdresser at that time there yet?
1: She was still working at Sinclair Avenue
0: mm-hmm.
1: with these other ladies, and so no, she didn't have it later years when mm-hmm. you got that.'s
0: when you got it. Mm-hmm. So you here, you see your mom working hard and stuff. So then you, do you still want to get into nursing at that time you now we're in Canada or your mind kind of shifted into other things then
1: Man, I'm telling you if you don't have proper what was it what, what, what would I call it now? Guidance, yeah. You kind of stray mm. because I think I should have really stayed in nursing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened. I end up say I wanted to do business. Yeah. If you're no good at math, what are you doing in business? Like, come on now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there? So um, that didn't work out too well for yeah. me at all. So um, I went into hairdressing instead. Okay. Right. So I went into hairdressing and did excellent because I was helping my mom all these years. Mm-hmm. And also when she decided to go for her hairdressing licensing, I was the one that helped her with their studyings. Okay. So when I decided to do it for myself, it was easy because I already helped her with all the, you know, the steps and mm-hmm. the tests and the exams and all that. But then the practical thing that that came in because it's natural. Mm-hmm. I think I was born with the, the gift to do hair.
0: You just needed the theory.
1: That is it, yeah. the theory. So,
0: yeah. From there. So, now you're back in Canada doing all this stuff. When you're in high school now, what type of person was Nikki Hype in high school?
1: I'm a hottie. <laughs> of course. <laughs> At least you know it. At least you know it. At
0: least you know it. I suppose I have to brag, uh-huh. but
1: I've always, like my mom, she's always taught us how to carry ourselves properly, you know? Mm-hmm. Dress, you know dress properly, speak properly, try your best to speak properly, whatever properly is. But have good mannerism, you know, respect your elders at all times. So I always carried myself well, it smelled mm-hmm. good. Hygiene was important, and mm-hmm. and I realized that that helps you along the way. The way your outer appearance is, it's just to follow through with your inner, inability to deal and to cope with other people,
0: you know. Because yeah. everybody sees the outward first, mm-hmm. but then you pull them in with that, and then... You, you speak to them or whatever it is you want to show them from there. Yes. But first thing they see is you.
1: Exactly. And yeah. so I was that person that was dressing up. Mm-hmm. They used to call me school teacher because my shoes was always kong kong con, con, making noise through the hallway. <laughs> they would think it's a teacher coming. Yeah. And when they look at me, Nikki, stop. Yeah, but it's me. I'm always dressing up and I like mm-hmm. to dress up. I like to carry myself proper. My shoes well clean, polished, mm-hmm. hair well in place.
0: That was always your thing. So were you the popular girl in high school at that time? Right? I
1: would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Not because I try to be, mm-hmm. but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it helps. Mm-hmm. What
0: high school did you go to?
1: <laughs> York Memo.
0: York Memo? Yeah. yeah.
1: York Memorial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a hot school then, eh? Yeah. York Memo. Right at Keelan Eglinton. Can you believe it's burned mm-hmm. out? It burned out? Let me say.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: And so I don't know what they're, they're making now, but it was big fire and it, it destroyed half the building. And so I'm not sure if it's condos they're putting there, mm-hmm. but I'm, yeah, it's gone.
0: Wow. Well, and again, this is still in the same Eglinton area. area. So you're really soaking up soaking the vibe. Up
1: the vibe right there. Remember? That's my culture right there. Little Jamaica,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Which later on, I or my mom opened her own salon there mm-hmm. as well.
0: What was that like now leading up to your mom opening the salon?
1: Um, like I said that was years later so I was now say a Mm -hmm. pre-adult I already did hairdressing got my license as well and I was working elsewhere with other people because I didn't want to be shadowed over my mom was shadowing over me so to speak I wanted to be my own woman you You know what I'm saying yeah yeah. Yeah, I was
0: like (laughs) I'll see you at home but right now I want to go out and work my own and actually you know
1: what too as as much as my mom and I Mm -hmm. had a good relationship Mm -hmm. I ended up moving out at
0: 19? 19. 19. Why is
1: that? Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could be, you know, I, I wanted to be my own person, and my mom didn't want to let go of her, the little Nikki that she knew, and, you know, I needed to grow, so right. to speak, yeah. and she wasn't allowing me to grow. Mm-hmm. And so, you know how parents are sometimes. They get a little bit, yeah, and then we think we know everything. Mm-hmm. And if I know what I know then, I would stay in my ass at home. Right, (laughs) I would stay at home because I would have saved more. Mm -hmm. I would have probably, you know, when I reach adult, wood, I would have had more savings to do what I need to do. Got you. Right, so uh, living outside got rough Mm -hmm. because I'm like I would say I I think I was spoiled living with my mom.
0: But you didn't realize that at that time. Oh
1: no, got you. No, because now you had to Mm -hmm. um, pay rent. Mm-hmm. You can't afford a full place by yourself. So now you have roommates. Mm-hmm. Roommates get you in all kinds of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Thank God, though, like yeah. honestly, my mom always sent me to church. Church was important from my mm-hmm. grandmother days yeah. straight up to my mother. So church was always instilling me. Mm-hmm. And I think that kept me grounded. got you so some of the things that I should have I could have done mm-hmm. because I believe in God and the fear of God. And, you know, I also respected my mom at the same time. What if she heard? that I did this, you know, what would she think of me? And, you know, is this what I, the image that I want to portray, knowing that she worked so hard to bring me here to Canada. So a lot of that, you know, kept me, even though I moved out, I still kept a, a firm mind.
0: So you brockled, but you didn't brocko.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> my brockles and I watched on the sideline. I was watching the sideline, you know I'm saying? I wonder who's going to see me and tell my mom about it. <laughs> I was such a mama's girl, though. Yeah, yeah. so... um. Later on when I got my hairdressing license and and I was working for another place called Mm Hairplay, beauty salon, whatever, hair shop. And I thought to myself, why am I paying rent here? Why not go with my mom, pay her the same rent and try to build together with her? Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So, you know, I kind of branched away from uh, there and went with my mom. And then we worked together until we end up getting our own Mm
2: -hmm.
1: salon together.
0: And what was that like? The salon opening together
1: now? Like I said, my mom and I always had a pretty tight bond,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, besides a little, you know, riff that Regular, we had regular. Yeah. yeah. So we understood each other. And because I respect my mom so much, I listen to what she has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very smart in in, in her business. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning along. With her, She was also open-minded to let me grow with what I knew how to do. If I knew something better than she did, she wasn't shying away from learning from me as well. And so that became really easy for us to be a team. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: right. Right, Darren. I-, I think it was 2001 that, mm-hmm.
1: that it um, opened. That it opened, yeah. yeah. Yes, good, 2001. Mm-hmm. And from, from us living together and working together, you never— <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. We're good people. I'm telling yeah. you, my mom and I are like two peas in a pod. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the salon's name was Salon Janice. Salon Janice, that's her yeah. name. Mm-hmm. That's her right name. Right. You're sitting so salon, all this, you go through high school. When did you discover dance hall now? Ja,
1: ja. <laughs> <laughs> ja, ja. So 1920, um, 21, I was downtown, doing downtown clubs with my friends, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then I went to Epiphany. Mm. and met Pete Hype okay <laughs> And I thought he was the um Toronto what's his name again? what's that um tall handsome b singer name again Oh God sure mm-hmm. Brian McKnight yes. I thought that Pete Hype looked just like him. I thought he was like, man, this guy's good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met him at, at Epiphany, and then um, we exchanged him in whatever the case may be. A- and it started out that I liked him mm-hmm. to be a partner, you know, to you know, whatever. But it turned out that we end up being really good friends, right? Okay. And so he was the first person that brought me to my first dancehall party.
0: So you uh, initially, even though yeah, you, you were in Jamaica originally, but you came up as a kid, Clearly, you hear reggae and dancehall playing in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't your first when you started to become an adult. That wasn't the first thing that you got into. Absolutely
1: not. No, yeah. no, no, no. How come? I don't know. I, I Maybe the people that I was with were yeah. more urban and wanted to do things, you know, in the downtown region, you know, yeah. doing the hip-hop, R&B, whatever. So, you know, I never got mixed with the dancehall crowd, yeah. per se, mm-hmm. until I met Mark Decor, Pete yeah. Hype.
0: Okay. So then you met him now. You guys, so then he's the one that really introduced you into dance hall now.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. And so <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Brought me to my first dance hall. And he's also a fashionista too, right? So we would talk about what to wear mm-hmm. before. So he would say, I'm going to bring you out. But we're going to, you know, go shopping first. And so you can see the kind of look that you want to bring out. And I'm like, okay.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: remember, I liked him to be with, right? So I'm going <laughs> to listen to him, whatever. And when I went to dance hall, when I was like, yo, this is different. Yeah. This wasn't the regular club.
0: It was something. Okay, you explain to me what was what was it like the first time you now stepped into a dance hall.
1: So, you know, Epiphany was like a, a dance hall place. That but was
0: the precursor to the banquet hall. To the
1: banquet hall, yeah. right. And I think the first, like it was a dance hall, but it was like a bus ride that we took, you know, went to a bus ride. And then we were in a big open place. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can't remember that place. But it was just. Too much people were staring and looking and, you know, they had the hype crew and you couldn't stand in that hype crew if you weren't a nobody kind of thing. And the names were calling out on the mic and the DJs were talking. I was like, yo, this is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, but what I really liked about Dancer was the fashion. Yeah. It was really the fashion. The ladies went hard. You know, name brand was out at that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people were wearing their name brand like, my God, how they afford these things, boy? (laughs) But, yeah, it was a fashion that I fell in love with, and yeah. so, therefore, almost every weekend I was looking forward to see what my next piece was mm-hmm. going to be.
0: And was this more the um, 90s, early 2000s? When would you say you really entered the space?
1: Uh, I would say it was more in the late 90s. Late 90s. Late 90s. I've, I had my first daughter in 98, mm-hmm. and so it was shortly after that mm-hmm. that, that I entered into dancehall.
0: You're in the space now. You're loving it. The, it's the fashion, the the <laughs> flair, the hair, the, everything about it. You know what I mean? Do you actually join any of the girls' crew at that time there, or are you were still basically like an outsider in the early days? Always time? an outsider, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But, no, it was just me and P- Pete Hype that went out. And then because I'm a hairdresser and uh, we had the hair salon on Eglinton, then I started meeting a lot more people. Mm. And uh, a lot more dancehall people were coming to the hair salon, getting their hair done. And then you still had the top notch. Like, you know, I was still the, the basic hairdresser. You yeah. still had, you know, the, I think Karen and all that. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was still basic. But honestly, I really feel like even though I went into dance hall with Mark the Corpede Hype, mm-hmm. it was actually Pitcherman Lloyd that gave me my name.
0: That gave me your name.
1: How, how did that happen? So, um my child's father had a really big birthday table for me at Club Paradise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Miss Larry's Club, Rona Ackwell. Yeah,
0: Listen, the two big clubs were either Epiphany Pernice- or, Paradise. or Paradise. Paradise on the Saturday, Epiphany's Friday, Friday Thursday night. or whatever. Exactly, right. yeah.
1: So, um so he had a big birthday party for me at Club Paradise and um it was a table. It wasn't like we rented out the place. It was just mm-hmm. a birthday table yeah. in the party itself, yeah. in the club itself. Mm-hmm. But my child's father is really extra with his <laughs> friends, and so they literally <laughs> bought the entire bar off. They bought they bought everything off, and yeah. and they, yeah, we had a really good time in there because Mister Mister Larry wasn't didn't have any more canai. It was canai yeah. at the drink yes, at the of time. Yes, of course. And uh, it what are you call the blue drink?
0: The blue hypnotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And so that night we literally bought the bar out, mm-hmm. and we turned the party in our own. And Pitcherman Lord was the one that he hired to video the the, mm-hmm. the little segment, whatever. So when he was added in the tape, you know, the video, he put Nikki to the hype. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so then that's the original full version of your name, mm-hmm. Nikki to the hype.
1: Nikki to the hype. The, yeah. But I took off to the hype. Yeah. and Put Nikki hype. So mm-hmm. Pitcherman Lord had a big play in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the Nikki hype now start flowing over to on Pete hype.
0: Okay, so his name originally wasn't Pete hype. No, <laughs> <laughs> I thought. No. Okay, I thought he was Pete hype first, and then because you're hanging with Pete or whatever you're linked with him, that that's how you got the. It was the other way. It was the
1: other way. You
0: learn something new every day. the other day. way. Yeah. It
1: off. So Nikki hype, Pete hype, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. That's how that started.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, into Dancehall now. Did, did, what did you ask me? Then?
0: Yeah, so you're in Dancehall now. You discovered Dancehall. So when did you start to really get noticed in Dancehall now?
1: I think I was noticed from day one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was I liked by it from day one? No, not really. Why, yeah, why, why not? Uh, maybe I might come across as being cocky. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the way I carry myself, I may seem like I don't like people because I am I like to be my quiet space and, and observe first you know I'm a quiet speaker but when I have a voice I will speak yep. you know so maybe that came across like I don't want to be with certain groups of people but that's mm-hmm. not really it I just know my space I stay in my lane
0: plus you're the new girl the, the welcoming party isn't just going to come welcome right, you yeah, you have to get right. some rough up and <laughs> see if I'm really about this <laughs> 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 are you really so about true. this life mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's
1: so true so um. with that being said Mark Lecore always had my back though I can't lie always mm-hmm. had my back and uh I appreciate that a lot and um, like I said respect carries a far away with Mr. Larry too I got the privilege not to line up in the lines anymore okay <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I, I could go around to the side door or mm-hmm. the securities knew me and, and so because On a Saturday night at Club Paradise, if you weren't there at a certain time, you weren't getting in. If you weren't there
0: from, like, it seemed like, in my mind, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you're not getting in. You're not getting in. Yeah. Right. So,
1: with me being a hairdresser and finishing work late, it was hard for me to get there on time. Yeah. So, because of that event that kept there and and the respect we got, you know, doing the bar thing, Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Larry always made sure that the security guards knew when I was coming Mm -hmm. and then... um, Yeah. That was where you started. So
0: then, when did you actually start to host? Because I know hosting parties at first, hosts never used to speak. You guys were just basically.
1: Their appearance? Yeah. Yeah, And I
0: mean, so when did that actually start for you?
1: I decided to keep my own birthday party at one point. I don't Mm -hmm. remember exactly. I think I was turning 30. Jesus, lad.
0: What was this about, two, three years ago? Uh,
1: (laughs) I (laughs) know. Wow, wow. (laughs) No, it's probably not. The, not that, but I think I was doing Girls Gone Wild and I was doing other things with other, with Fabo. Remember, remember
0: yes. With FABO? Okay, so then Erks before that, how did you get into promo then? Because you said it was promo and then promo led you into hosting? Yes. Okay, how did you get into promo?
1: Let me, let me see if that's what really happened. Hold on, because mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things happening <laughs> all at once, like honestly.
0: <laughs> when, you, when you sit on this um, podcast, your mind yeah, My mind is going, so, yeah,
1: I think I started doing the party first. Yeah. So I must have kept my birthday party first. I went to the studio to do an ad for the party. Mm-hmm. Jeff, the master, said to me, "Why don't you do the ad yourself?"
0: Okay, so you didn't go to to record it yourself. No. You went there to get, I guess, Jeff or somebody at the studio to do, to do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then he's like, "Why don't you do it yourself?" I'm like, "No, I can't talk." He was like, yes, "You can." Yeah. I'm like, "No, I can't." <laughs> <laughs> However, so he convinced me. Okay. And kind of, you know, walked me through the steps and said, What do you want to say? How do you want to say it? Mm -hmm. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And then, yeah.
0: From right there. Because so then it was really keeping the party first led Mm -hmm. you to linking up with Fabo and doing promo.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So. Right. So that, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're dragging my memories, yeah. boy. Woo! What happened first? But yeah, yeah. the keeping the party, birthday party, went to the studio to do the ad, end up doing the ad. Then, uh, yeah. But then a lot of things is happening, right? It's yeah. not just one thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are happening. You're getting involved. Your name is calling.
0: You're becoming it, more popular more at this popular time.
1: At the, yes, it's a whole, th- mm-hmm. whole lot
0: of things going on. Because me personally, I think the first time I think I remember you actually starting to speak on a mic was probably like around Remix Mondays around then. Yes, how oh, can I forget <laughs> about that? Totally.
1: <laughs> yes, a Remix Monday rodeo mm-hmm. and and yellow. Oh my goodness. That was a good vibe, though. It yeah. was a really good vibe. And so they got me on the team to do actually help with the promo. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just vibing with the DJs, you know? Yeah. Love the DJs, too. And then I started talking on the mic, and it just, at first, I didn't know what I was saying, but I'm saying stuff, you know?
0: <laughs> Cause you're one of the first females I've seen to actually take it, not just to become a 10, be a father, but three friend, I'm not that type of way, but to actually be a MC host. You're one of the first early ones that I've seen.
1: Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly always try to be different. I wanted to do different. I didn't want to be regular. I didn't want to follow anyone. I just wanted to do something. I like vibing and I wanted to MC and Uh, And actually learn how to turn the music down and speak while doing all that, you know, the music and entertaining the audience, giving them a positive and feel good vibe while you're there, Mm -hmm. not for them to feel agitated and miserable and want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what based off what you say on a mic or the music you play can agitate incidents. For sure. And so I always want to be that person that do the feel good, make you feel good while you're partying.
0: I understand. You've been in Toronto Dance Hall since the mid to late 90s. What would you say was one of the scariest nights of being inside of a dance? Mm Yeah. I know you have a couple of those. Couple. Well. Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: I think the scariest one was a bus ride, though. Mm -hmm. It wasn't actually in the city. It was a bus ride. And Lord, picture my Lord, forgive me, but it was picture my Lord's bus ride. And the person that got shot was wearing the same outfit as my child's father. And so I thought it was my child's father that was shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I lost it. Like
2: He <laughs> was like, wow.
1: And we weren't together. But the fact that I have a daughter for him and, and yeah. he was wearing a Cavalli suit. And the, the other person that got shot was wearing the same Cavalli suit. And so I thought it was him. I thought, oh, my God. And at the same time, I was also doing a hair show at that bus ride. So I had a bunch of girls with me that I had to be taken care of okay. while the shots were fired. And so it was hard. Is that my child's father? But also wanted to make sure that who you I have brought there. You to take there, care of the
0: group of people. The group
1: of people that I was with. And it was like, wow, do I want to be a part of this? Yeah. 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 And um, besides from that, I had my own scariness. Talk to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Club Paradise again. A, fought, a big fight happened. Yeah. Big fight. And I know you guys probably hear a little bit of it about it, but it was scary because I've could have died. Um, if you notice, I have a, a really big scar in my neck. People always think it's a hickey, but it's never is. It's a scar. Yeah. And so I had, you know, a group of friends. At this time, now I have maybe like three or four girls that we did things together with, like we dressed alike or we partied, you know, together. We went out together, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um... They started to date one of the guys that was in another group. You know, baby mothers and girlfriends were in their ref- riffles, whatever. Um, and uh, at the club, my friend and the the guy's baby mother got into a big fight. It was a really big fight with knives and broken glasses and all that. And security got caught up and I got caught up and, you know, my friend got caught up. It was like a lot of cutting and blood. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really bad. And uh, yeah, that was scary because my mom, you know, had to stay home and hear that I was badly hurt. I actually got like forty something stitches.
0: That's how that's how serious it was. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, right across my neck and my eyebrows, and yeah, so it it was it was bloody.
0: Was it intentional, or you just happened to be in the mix of what was going?
1: on? I was on? in the mix. It, 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 I was in the mix. So my girlfriend got in the fight. Mm-hmm. I heard fight. I look, I saw that. It was her. I rushed towards it not to fight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody's thinking when you're doing that. So I rushed towards it to kind of see if I could separate it. Yeah. But again, the the my girlfriend was there with me and the the other baby mom was there with her posse as well, with her friend. Mm-hmm. So they see me coming. You know what I'm saying? They think I'm going to be involved. So they... Well, we started, they started me because mm-hmm. I'm honest to God, it was yeah. just really bloody and messy. Obviously, I had to defend myself too, right? Yeah. So, we all got charged, didn't like that at all because now I have a charge. What is that? <laughs>
0: crazy, <laughs> crazy, yeah.
1: So, and uh, and then you're you're you get arrested while you're on the hospital bed, you're like, you know, you have the handcuff on because that's you know, all the, serious. got, kind of serious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so you're getting stitched up but you have the handcuff on and whatever. But, you know, I told my truth and it, it worked out for me at the end. Me, I mean, I end up with the scars, whatever, but I also got assistance to help with my scarrings and so on because it the the one of the cut was really, really bad, so I had to keep getting resurgery done and all that to have it not have a keloid, a keloid and all mm-hmm. that. And so um, the same story I told them the night they arrested me at the club dripping blood is the same story that I've told them in many different ways and questions, mm-hmm. you know, that happened. And so eventually it played out where, you know, I had to stay away from the other persons and then I would then I, I actually got assistance, like I said, to help with the.
0: Surgeries and so on. So what made you, you had this scare now. What made you decide to return back to Dancehall? Because remember, originally Dancehall wasn't your thing. You were more a club. Or were you far in Dancehall? I was far in
1: Dancehall already because I, in the midst of all this, I was planning a boat ride, a Mm. boat cruise, you know, in a, a few weeks, you know, prior... (laughs) <laughs> After the the, the fight, yeah. the fight happened, and I already had the boat ride planned, and everything mm-hmm. was you know good to go. And then this fight happened. It's <laughs> like, oh boy, there goes my investment, you know. But um, I always believe that the truth will come out, yeah. and the truth will prevail. And you know, I didn't cause the fight to happen. I didn't want it to happen, you know. And the people that believe me stuck with me. And we did the boat ride, and we—I just continued from there on. Like mm-hmm. I'm, when I believe in something, I don't give up on it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, was this around when you started to do Lady of Elegance? Also,
1: it was uh, not Lady mm-hmm. of Elegance at first. It was, what was it? Jesus. Short, short skirt. It was just Nikki Hattie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't Lady of Elegance yet.
0: What made you decide to start doing Lady of Elegance? Because I got one story about that I'm going to tell you just now. What made you start?
1: I think it's the way I carried myself. (laughs) You know? I think mm-hmm. lady elegance came from the way how I carried myself. I was always mm-hmm. well-dressed, and I, I like to wear long dresses and carry myself like a real big woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, well all the, mm-hmm. the, the young girls may thought yeah. you, have, you should be wearing shorter stuff, and, you know, but I was
0: more of the— Like that, because I remember the first time I really remember hearing, I guess besides a fight, where you started to get a real lot of backlash— was when you put out a flyer for Lady of Elegance and you put yourself as a statue on the flyer.
1: (laughs) I think Jermaine did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I I guess you can say I love myself, but (laughs) yeah. I kind of thought that he he pitched it at me. I'm like, yeah, why not? Cut me out. Yeah. And let's do that as a flyer.
0: That didn't... The words that you were hearing going around, that didn't go across. Good. No, oh, not
1: at boy, all. I'm vain. Who do you think I am? I know. <laughs> I know. But you got to do things to pull them out, you know? They still came. Yeah. They still came because they wanted to see what was going on, right? They still mm-hmm. came to this thing, to the, to the birthday party, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't draw me out. <laughs> you know what? Mm-hmm. Pete Hype is my backbone, man. And my mother, Janice, she's my number one supporter. And um, I have people that believe in what I'm doing and know that I'm genuinely a good person. Mm-hmm. And so that follows through, you know. And, and in any business, you're going to have haters. You're going to have the naysayers, I should say, not here. People basically don't like you because they don't know who you are. And I've seen my naysayers become my yay yay, my cheerleaders and yeah. all that. And when I can transform people in believing who I am, but that's an amazing feeling. Yeah. You
0: know? To really understand. And again, you have a name called hype. So, question. Do you really think you were hype back no. then? No, no, seriously. Back then? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'll give you a second to think about <laughs> this thing. Were you a little Hype where people might hyped. take it in. you think that?
1: I think I was hype. Mm-hmm. I think I really think because I was out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's no sleeping mm-hmm. for Nikki Hype. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you think you were, when you look but, back and.
1: But I don't think I was hype and trying to be mysterious with people. I think I was hype with my dressing and my care of myself. And I think, yes, I am Nikki Hype. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but I, but I that's what think, hype is man <laughs> no but people can be mischievous and be hype and you know cause fight every week and you know whatever but I wasn't doing that I was just hated by a lot of girls because yeah. I I make myself like when I walk into the room I it's been known that I'm here okay is that cocky that is cocky but
0: <laughs> at least at least at least you own it yeah, you I understand know. Own it. Even your media journey now, because I said you were hosting parties, you're you're hosting red carpets and stuff like that. But I think the first time you actually took our media position was Chatty Chatty Radio?
1: Yeah, Chatty Chatty Wednesday. Yeah. With Linky Links. Yeah. How and did, that, how did that come up? How did that come about? Wow. Dang.
2: <laughs>
1: you're dragging my memory, boy. So based off me doing our, doing the the. Promos mm-hmm. and the events, um, Ryan Giggs, Linky Links. They contacted me and said they're doing this, you know, podcast, radio, whatever, live radio. If I want to come and be a co, like you know, sit on, on sit in the, sit on in as a guest or as a, what do you call a guest host, mm-hmm. and see how it is with how we would we would interact with each other. That's Linky Links and myself. So it was just like a test and trial for one one night, one Wednesday night. And we actually had a really good rapport with each other. Yeah. And so that continued.
0: Because that that was live, it was video or it was just audio at that time there?
1: It was just audio,
0: was it? Audio, was it live? I think no, it was I live. I think it, might, it was live, It was right? live. Because that was early internet Toronto, trying yes. to out, dance. Out. That was extremely early. Then. Mm-hmm. But it was very popular because you also had like... Um, Guests coming in. Yes, yes. Reggae Mania was around then, the radio station and the website. So a lot of stuff was starting to just bubble in Toronto at that time there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that actually highlighted me a lot too. In dance all knowing that I was on this radio and was having guests on and Mm -hmm. yeah, it 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 highlighted me and kinda calmed me down as well, you know?
0: So you so you were Nikki not so hype at that time. No. Yeah.
1: Kinda calmed you down because now you you realize that you've been watched by a lot of people from every angle, not just dance hall.
0: It's more you more legitimized your brand. By right. now being in somewhere that has, like, it's now, this is what we do on a Wednesday between these hours here. So it's not just being at a dance, showing up and whatever. You now have a,
1: a platform. Yeah. And I and I think at that point, I was also growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to want to answer back to everything and, and, and want to have, you know, <laughs> conflicts with people that say mm-hmm. things. Like, I didn't develop the thick skin that I now
0: have. Thank God. Instagram and those things wasn't a thing back then. What?
1: <laughs> ja, ja. <laughs> Thank God for that. But yeah, yeah I'm kind of happy that, you know, I really have um, a supporter such as my mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, also Mark Decor, that took a lot of the heat for me and, and put people in place for me so I didn't yeah. have to, you know, answer them, so to speak. Because even though it seemed like I was hype, I was very, what, what would I call it? Shy and... So was didn't have a- the backbone. Didn't have the backbone to handle a lot of the things mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to. As
0: it, you didn't expect it to come at you the way it did type of thing?
1: Exactly. It's yeah. like I was put in an unexpected position. Yes, mm-hmm. that is exactly it. You yeah. know it. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> it came at me and then I had to just work with it. Yeah. That's what happened. Figure damn it out. Right. Figure it out from there
0: as you go. And how long did um, Chatty Chatty last for? How long were you over there for? Two years. Two, Two years? years. Yeah. What was your biggest interview you had done back then?
2: Ooh,
1: Jesus!
0: <laughs>
1: you remember? I don't remember. I, I'm asking. I'm you got,
0: okay? Well, not even your biggest. One of your most standouts. It might not have went the way you wanted to go. It was you know interesting. What Ira, something. Like, Ira.
1: Ira was um. Ira was here for a show mm-hmm. for this guy named Asonic. Jesus, that guy is miserable, bad. Anyways, um, yeah. so he brought him up, and Ira actually add the right type. Okay. To the name. Yeah. Nikki, you're pretty like, and he just kept throwing things out. And so <laughs> Ira actually kind of put the, the right type on my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So yeah. Iro is one of Bonte Killer's, um, yeah, artists. You know, he sings a lot of... I think he's talented, but he sings too much gun songs. Mm-hmm. That can't really air, right? And so, um, I mean, that was a big interview. And then also Mavada's sister came up as well. She, we, we interviewed her. I don't know exactly what happened after mm-hmm. that with her career. But, I mean, we've had a... F- a lot of people that's passed through Chatty Chatty Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it was a good show. It was yeah. a really good show. Yeah, in
0: two years that's that's a solid time to hold something together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Did you end up leaving or the show ended up ending?
1: Yeah. I um, <laughs> I didn't actually leave. Linky mm-hmm. left. Okay. And we try to carry the show on, but I don't think we had the same kind of um, chemistry that Linky Links and I had. Okay. And so Eventually, I had to say, okay, then, you know, maybe this is not going where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I started to have other things that I needed to, to deal with at the same time. So the show paused.
0: Yeah. Right. And gigs
1: didn't really want to do it without me either. And so we paused it.
0: And paused. And then after a while, I've seen that you and Linky Link linked up back again mm-hmm. for Lit Radio. Lit's Radio. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How did that
0: happen there and no? all?
1: With Linky and I? Yeah. Well, he, we always knew that we had chemistry mm-hmm. working together, you know, working together on radio or whatever it is. And so when he started it, same thing again. He goes, Nick, pass through. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying, so Nicky's come back next week. And then eventually I said, okay, well, let's let's make it a, you know, a weekly thing that I'm here with you co-hosting. And we did that well. And then I look, a look of passerin came out and and then, you know, <laughs> I just but, had to just call it a day. <laughs> uh,
0: this is when okay, since we're being one hundred percent honest. <laughs> this was when the leaked pictures came out. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, yeah. I'm sitting in this chair 'cause like, I listen. All right. Listen. Jesus!
1: So yeah, so the picture came out and um Licky thought that I needed a break because he thought that they were going to come at me again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at one point, at some point in your life, you're going to have to stand up, stand up and say, listen, I'm a grown adult. Got you. And, um, if something came out, you know, I should be able to, I should know how to handle a converse a, a question that comes in, in regards to that situation mm-hmm. without being vulgar or, or, you know, not air appropriate then. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Linky didn't think I was ready for it, and so he benched me, sort of th- tell me to take a you know couple of weeks off, whatever, it- until it mashed down. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't. If I'm if I'm not sitting on this chair tonight, I'm not coming back.
0: So you didn't think in yourself that you needed the break. You were ready to face whatever criticism, questions, or whatever head on at that isn't, time.
1: Isn't that how you deal with situations?
0: That's how you're supposed to. But not everybody deals with things at the same time. And yeah. again, remember you said. Earlier, you weren't really that type of person. You didn't really have the thick skin. Is this where you developed it, or where you well, started to develop I, it? Well, remember, I was
1: on Chachi Chachi for uh, for two years. Yeah, right.
0: So uh, by this time, you kind of got it. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm mentally developed. I know how to handle media. I know how to handle the, you know, the naysayers and mm-hmm. and so on. So I believe that he should have given me the opportunity to prove myself that I was ready for that, you know. Line of, que- line of questioning from the guests and audience. And moreover, it's a man and, a man and woman story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? I don't think it was that scandalous for me not to know how to handle myself. It's a picture with, with me, you know, with a bra on and the person with no shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's a male and a female. You know what I'm trying to say? And uh, I didn't think anything was wrong with that
0: situation. But look how funny that is. Look at that com- that picture then mm-hmm. to what you see regular on social on media. On social right now.
1: media right now, right? <laughs> it's like, yo, if, if that was social media days, like, geez. But you know what's so funny? I think if you type in Nikki Hype, that's this picture you see?
2: hmm
1: Is it that's the picture you still
2: that's, seeing.
0: There's something like that. Jesus.
1: Anyways, yeah. so that happened. And I mean, I love Linky. Linky's my boy. We work together now, you know, on some shows together as well. And uh, we're cool. You know, I would say we're friends as well. For sure. But at the time mm-hmm. I really believe that he should have let me prove myself to the audience that I'm grown and I can handle yeah. the situation. So.
0: Well, sometimes you gotta go through things to go through something to learn.
1: True. True you that. Know what I mean? True that.
0: True that. I know another endeavor you were involved with, this is an early time too. Well, not early for the show. Dancehall Divas Ooh. of Toronto. This is when it had the full name at this time. Mm-hmm. How did that even come up for you? So
1: um <laughs> Uh, well, Heather Heliot, she uh, tried to recruit a bunch of, you know, girls that are labeled in dancehall, so to speak, and she thought that it would be interesting to, you know, showcase who we are, not just in dancehall, but also who we are outside of dancehall, mm-hmm. and, you know, to have this, you know, mini series you know. And uh, she didn't approach me. Nellie Dime, one of the divas, <coughs> okay, approached me and said... I think you should be a part of it. It's you know it's a really good thing, and to get us from the next level because we always talk about dancehall is great, but we want to get to the next level, you mm-hmm. know.
0: Whatever that next whatever level next, is.
1: Yes, to be mm-hmm. recognized not just in Toronto dancehall, but outside yeah. Toronto dancehall. You know, in the in the states, in England, in Jamaica, to whatever. So, um, Heather, you know, showed us how we could do it if mm-hmm. we kind of went under her umbrella, so to Got speak. You. And it started out good, you know, it started out good. But, like, again, Jesus, to to make it be exciting, you had mm-hmm. to get down and dirty. <laughs> <had>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it actually like now to really film this? Because it was six six you guys at first. Yeah. To have six women mm-hmm. from the same space having to film this show. What was that like, honestly? Um.
1: Oh, boy. So it's like tensions were always there because we had th- the ones that liked each other and then the ones that didn't like each other kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it was always that, okay, <laughs> we never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. when we're filming, what storyline we're going to go with, and how is it going to turn out, mm-hmm. right? Because remember, there's always a storyline that you have to follow. You don't know when you're acting it out how it's going to play out. And so words are thrown, mm-hmm. feelings catch, you know, <laughs> next to fist fight. There's the only thing that didn't happen because we had securities there sometimes, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> it, got, it got that intense at oh, times. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. But, I mean, in everything that you're doing, it takes time to build. And I think the, the, the ladies didn't have enough patience to wait for it, to, you know, to get to where it was. So people start having less interest. Mm-hmm in the show and money's also something that you that have to put into it for it to also build. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, we did the trailer twice and, uh, editing kind of messed up one of the trailer. And it was just a lot of different things that we we're hearing from the head office, so to speak, not criticizing her because Heather turned out to be a wonderful woman that only wants the best for, you know, woman empowerment and putting them to the next level, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wish I'd had the patient at the time that um, to stick it out with her
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, back then, but it turned around, the clock turns around. Oh, and we're gonna, we're gonna get, okay. that just,
0: trust me, I know,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? So then
0: were you one of the first ones to leave the show then? No, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't, yeah. it was Nelly. She was the first one. She was the first one. Did you guys replace her or you guys were just now down to five people at that time there?
1: I think we were just down to five people. Because it was first um, Dance Old of Toronto. Yes. And so it was still... Uh, Nelly was still... Nelly was gone. We were still doing our thing. And... Uh, but it was, it was a big thing because it was now Nelly with Ed Office. That was kind of, you know, and so it kind of put a little bit of mm-hmm. riffle between the rest of us because we didn't know what was going to happen next, mm-hmm. what was going on, whatever. And so um, I stuck it out for a little bit and then... Uh, I decided that, oh boy, again, this is yeah. not going where I wanted to go. So let me just, yeah, yeah, take myself away.
0: And who were the original six cast members at that time? Man?
1: So it was Nellie Dime, Lady Hilly, uh, me, Nikki Hype, Pepper, mm-hmm. and another young lady.
0: Barbie was in the Barbie, original. Sorry, yes, okay, Barbie, sorry. Okay, she was Nell in the original. as well. Yeah. Barbie's
1: one of the original. And then uh, there is Bunny, sexy yeah. bunny, bunny. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So that was us.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're there. So you decided to leave because you feel it wasn't moving at the speed you wanted to move at.
1: Right. And they were also speaking about getting um, family involved in the show. That's where, that's where you That's the where lines. I drew the line. I was like, ooh, yeah. no, my picnic and my mud, uh-uh. yeah. So yeah. I was like, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I'm going to lay out my entire life in front of Toronto or Canada, where of the world, I better be making some good money. God so when understand. you talk about me, I can just write my check. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I go write my check. I can, mm-hmm. I can. you know, I want to take another flight mm-hmm. and, and don't care. But you can't lay out your laundries mm-hmm. and still come back here to, to hang them. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? No way. Mm-hmm. So I said,
0: no. If you're going to do it, it has to be done for the right amount.
1: The right amount, yeah. right? Which means I, I, you know, I'm not... I don't necessarily have to be in dance hall if I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I am in L.A. I am here. I'm there. I'm flying. So you can talk anything you want to talk yeah. to me. My my account is, you know, speaking.
0: Yeah. yeah. Got you.
1: And See, at the time, the show wasn't going to offer us that. Mm-hmm. So I said no.
0: Because I think it took a while for it to actually get get a home in the first place because we were shopping and shopping and shopping it. You guys did a lot of appearances here and there. But it didn't really get a home till probably... Two years ago. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And and two years ago is when she brought in the D she started calling it Divas of Dance Hall, mm-hmm. Now where she brought the other girls from the States, Danielle D.I., mm-hmm. um, Sky, uh, it's another artist from England as well. I can't remember her name right now. But I wasn't a part of that. Barbie was still involved in there and Bunny was still there. Mm-hmm. I think Peppa was doing her little scene in Jamaica, whatever. So I, I think when she widened the, the whole entire divas of dance hall, not yeah. just Toronto, yeah. it kind of found a little place.
0: It opened up at that there. Yeah. When you were filming at that time, you and Lady Hilly were good at that time there? No, sir. Yeah.
1: No, I, and it's so funny, I don't even know what started what with me and Hilly <laughs> to tell you mm-hmm. the truth, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know what started what, but it's it's it, it's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I think we've no, now grown and realized that we're in each other's space and we're going to deal with it and mm-hmm. work with along each other. You know, we don't have to be best friends in our business, but we just work together to make sure that we do the job.
0: But again, that's why I like where, again, you had interactions with people that didn't go good, but you turned around and still said, okay, let's, if we're going to be here or we're going to be in this space, we still got to work. You understand? We so don't. I don't, I don't have to come to your house. You don't have to come to mine. Not exactly. But we still have to be cordial to and work. work.
1: Yeah, we still have to be cordial and work. And and I realize that because because she and I were always you know not seen eye to eye. I mm-hmm. I, I really don't know why, honestly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But. Um, I realized that whenever I got to an event and she was there, I am agitated. I'm miserable, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't be productive if yeah. I am feeling like this.
0: So was right? this something from your side, her side, both sides? What, what? was it?
1: I have maybe the show kind of stemmed a lot of, uh, you know, whatever we had it was from Dance All Divas. What was said while we we're on set and all that stuff. I I really don't think it was anything personal. That it was just what was said on the show, based off what they said, and I, I'm trying to figure out why yeah. we have anything. But yeah, so yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> something because <makes sense. laughs> but I think that's where it triggered from, and it's been on Dance Al Diva, uh, the the her and High always having the little r- you know riffles here and there, mm-hmm. you know, and then um. It carries on through our personal lives, our day-to-day life, I should say, mm-hmm. that I don't speak to her, she don't speak to me, but then she's hosting and I'm hosting and we're on the same platform. This can't work if we're in malestation, right? Yeah. Because we're there to have the the, um, the, the audience, the crowd, to have a good time.
0: Like so whatever is going on, that's that's not what we're here for. We're here to have a good right, time. right. When we're done, we go about our business. And it is and what it is. That is it. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. Was this around the same time you got your body done? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because you know that was the rumor on the street. So is why you and her had an issue at that point, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, that's maybe I kind of kind of slide slipped out of behind my head not to remember that, but yeah, it, I think it was about whose body was done better and all that stuff, you know, and. um I just believe that when a female go under the knife, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be criticized in any form or way. Um, if they go under the knife to build self-esteem, confidence, you know, feel better about themselves, even though we should love ourselves the way how we are. But in today's society, when especially when you're in the limelight, when, you know, appearance means a
0: lot. For sure. Image, right? image is everything.
1: Image is everything. And so I feel like if you come out, go under the surgeon, you come out alive. Mm-hmm. And nobody should criticize you because they don't know the journey. You know, they don't know the pain that you and if you do know the pain, that even makes it worse that you shouldn't criticize how a person um, end up looking versus how you're looking and all that more that you should more encourage Mm -hmm. and try to, you know, build self-esteem or try to help that person build self-esteem or whatever it is that you need to encourage that person. Mm -hmm. I am a smaller frame girl. So I didn't come out with the big hips and the bigger bum and all of that, right? But the way how I came out, I was comfortable with that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And uh, I guess the rumors have it that she was criticizing the way I looked and yada, yada, yada. Obviously, I'm going to take offense to that, right? So that may have been one of the reasons why she and I had that riffle. Yeah. Right, yeah. At that
0: time. What even made you decide to do your butt? Because you're now, you were pre- Barbie doll and all of these stuff here. <laughs> right. You were pre all of this. <laughs> Serve right, <laughs>
1: right? Serve it right. What I um, you
0: decide to do that? Because I'll, I'll tell you the truth, I've known you wrong for a long time, before and after. To me, it was basically it was the, the same, same in, in my mind. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> all right. So um, the body situation after my second child. After my second child, I feel like my my breast area, you know, needed to be you know redone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I actually had done my, my breast area before. Yeah, because
0: this was the, when you did the entire, that was the second time you went under the it.
1: Right. Huh? So the first time, like, my first daughter, she breastfed for a whole year. And I had breasts and milk to feed two cows, honestly. So for a small frame girl with titties that are flip-flops. Mm-hmm in the industry wasn't working, right? I couldn't wear certain outfits. Yeah, it all has to do with image and appearance. Mm -hmm. And so I did it here in Canada first, got it done. And um, then, you know, in later years now, after my second child, stretch marks becomes a problem now, right? And now you can't wear the belly tops and you can't, you know, whatever the case is. I didn't, too, care too much about the, the bum area, Okay. to tell you the truth. I was more concerned about getting the breasts in place and getting the stretch marks and the flat tummy.
0: At that particular time At that there. particular
1: time. Okay. And so that's when I actually went under the knife is to fix this area, the thing, and then trans. But I didn't have a lot of fat mm-hmm. to transfer into the hips and the buttocks. So whatever I had is whatever I got. Mm-hmm. So it made it look like when I went under the knife, I was the same basic body shape, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And so, um. yeah, that's how that went. And so I guess when I came out of the surgery, they were all expecting me to look like an hourglass. And basically, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was just basically the same, maybe a little bit more rear and, and tighten up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. my I my, loved my breasts, you know, and I love my tummy. I still love it. It's getting a little bit of fat still. but Yeah, you got to keep that up. You got to keep that up. But going under the knife, people, it's not an easy thing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's serious. You know, it's serious. And um, if you decide that you want to do your body, I'm not going to tell you no, but think through it.
0: Mm -hmm. If you knew what you knew, would you still have gone through with it, gone through with doing your body back then also?
1: I don't regret any of my... uh, my knives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, sounds
0: like there's multiple nick.
1: <laughs> I, I don't. Because the first time I did it, I love the fact that, oh, my God, I can go braless, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't choose the right shape of breaths at the time. Mm-hmm. And so after having my second child, now they, they sloped. Mm-hmm. And and they're now they're too big and they're sloping. So you gotta you gotta think through what you're doing when you go under the knife. You gotta know go under the muscle. Don't do teardrop. You know, do this, do that. There's so much different things that you have to know before going under the knife. And also make sure that you're healthy and 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 um you have the support that you need when you come from under the knife. Meaning that you have your your family or friends or partner or whatever to help you through doing your massages and. Mm-hmm making sure that your body gets back in, you know, intact and eating the right food, right diet, all that.
0: Yeah. Cause I said, you're, you're very, very early when it came to, cause this was about what, five years ago? hmm Yeah.
1: More than five. No, it's more than five now.
0: More than five now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is something that's been the last three, five. four Ooh. years. Yeah.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. when the originators said that, that's cool. So you're there doing your thing. Did your How did people, the general... Except you when you came back with this new body at that time there.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. <so, laughs> There's this picture that was going around with this body that was laying on a table, and they said it was me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know where they got that, but it was a really well-photoshopped picture. But And so when I came back now, they're like, yes, Nikki, you know. I guess they all thought that I was going to have the Barbie doll, small waist, big yep. hips, big bum, whatever, you know. And um. Now they can't talk to you. They thought I was, I, I was just the same Nikki. I was just happy that I woke up from under the damn knife. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted, maybe I didn't want bigger hips, you know, but I, I got my, my, my breast that I wanted, my mm-hmm. flat tummy that I wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I really, really wish that the rumors didn't go with it, though. Yeah. Like, you know, that was too much expectations and too much to handle. Coming from under the knife. From that time there, yeah.
0: I know you and your mom. You're very close. It seems like you have a real close knit family. What did your mom say when you told her this is what I want to go to? Or did you even tell her before you went?
1: Oh, my mom knows everything. Yeah, I don't hide anything from her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she prays and she hopes that the decisions that I'm making are right. And you know, she asks questions because she knows once I make up my mind to do something, mm-hmm. there's no t- stopping me. She so might as well so, just yeah. Might as well just you know chat to. Um, pray as much as she does. She prays Mm -hmm. a lot for me, uh, you know, and she asks the questions, the tough ones, and are you sure this is what you want to do? And she's, like I said, she's very, very supportive. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Right there. Cool. You see, again, this is why I like to have this type of conversation. I Nikki. We've seen you in the dance, seen you on the stage. We hear you talk, but your real journey, a lot of people don't really get to know. That's why I'm, thank you that you even came and sat with me today. You know what I mean?
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem, but we're not done. I just need to give you that little thing here because remember, the biggest thing in your career up to today, the biggest stage you've been on up to today would have been Sting, right? Mm -hmm. Sting 2022. Sting twenty two. Okay. How did that even come about in the first place? Walk us into the road to Sting. Walk
1: you into the road to Sting once again. Mm -hmm. So I I think that... um, Dance all have really prepped me. Yeah. You know, and 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 um for many years and, and a lot of people are saying you're bigger than than dance all or you need to get on a different platform, you mm-hmm. know? And um always been encouraged me. I can't say one person and many people saying you need to do radio, you need to do this because throughout the COVID I started to do the the, you know, let's talk
0: every Monday night, every Monday at 8 night PM.
1: at 8 PM. Thank plug. you. Free plug. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you. Appreciate that. And so doing that, you're like, you know, Nikki, you really, and then I host other events rather different from dance, all like weddings and, you know, birthday. And, and, and you're like, your voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, Heather Heliot has always been on my case. She's never left. Even though I left to Dance All Divas, she's never forgotten me. Mm-hmm. She's always checking on me and always, you know, letting me know that there's always room for me to come back to Dance All Divas if I wanted to. And she has, um, she'll make sure she'll get special assignments for me and mm-hmm. all that. Because she says, I have a talent that needs to be seen. And
0: you, you come with the star power.
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the she, you know she'll go through the whole the looks you know, and um, so yeah when uh, Sting came about, um, a young lady sent sent me some information. I can't remember exactly the information, and then I want to be tell the story just straight away. So mm-hmm. Sting came about, um, and Heather called and said, "Would you be interested?" And they're looking for new faces and new talents. And, you know, they want to re kind of refurbish thing, you know. And she calls, she so said, would you be interested? And and I said, why not? Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, send in your stuff and all of that, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then Mr. Leng called. Yeah, ah. Mr. Leng called and uh, had an interview with me. And uh, I send him my, all my information, all the portfolio that I have uh, of different events that I do and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then his PR agent called back and said, we love you and we want to have you. And yeah. And and Heather kind of stared me along the way while, mm-hmm. you know, getting there.
0: So it wasn't something where they just came to you say, hey, we like you. It was, it was actually a process where you had to go through a process to get this done. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, was a, it had me going crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie to you because, you know, mm-hmm. at any given time, someone calls you and says, we need to talk to you about, you know, or we need an interview with you and, yeah. and some other radio station. Or it was just crazy. Like, oh, my God, right away. And I'm at work sometimes. And uh, I can't say no. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Thank God for Heather, though. Thanks, yeah. Heather.
0: <laughs> you see, when, again, that's why I even brought up. Heard the situation with uh, Divas Dance Hall of Toronto earlier mm-hmm. because I know she was instrumental in Sting. So then you're going to show that partner to show the path that you guys actually took to get here. Mm-hmm. You understand? So then now Sting, okay, cool. You got it now. So then, how do you prepare your outfit? How do you prepare your outfit or even what you were going to say? How do you get yourself ready to step on this legendary stage?
1: Dang. The pressure was on because from the moment Toronto heard that I'm going to be on Sting, everybody's like, Nikki, what you going to wear? Nikki, how many times are you going to change? Nikki, it was like, oh my God. Now, again, it's like the surgery. The expectations is just,
2: woo! Yeah.
1: Dang. But um, G&G Beauty, G&G, she is my stylist. Mm -hmm. She gets all my outfits for me. Um. But what we ordered for her, for, for her to, what we ordered didn't come. It didn't come. But before that, I'd seen a Toronto designer, even before I knew about Sting, um, future, future couture. Mm-hmm. And she was modeling a piece that she designed for herself. It's an original piece. And I said to her, I really like that. And she goes, yeah, I can, you know, do it for you. But this this was nothing to do with Sting. Yeah. This was just, I saw her design. She was modeling, modeling herself and on her Instagram page. And then I said, oh, I, I contacted her and she goes, yeah, yeah, I can do it for you. And I'm like, we're going to tweak it a little bit to make it me. She goes, no problem, whatever. So now Sting came about and I'm still not thinking about that outfit. You know, she's designing it over there, but I'm still looking for my, my outfit from mm-hmm. G&G Beauty. And, yeah. you know. And so what I wanted did not arrive. Luckily, I had Future Couture working on that piece for me. Yeah. And um, I went there and I did the fittings with her and we tweaked it. I'm like, this looks really different. This looks really nice. Still not thinking about wearing it first thing because I'm still waiting, waiting and waiting. Anyways, so uh, um, g came up with a backup piece for me, obviously. It was, it was nice, but it wasn't stage. Got you. You know what I'm saying? And so I tried on the the outfit for my mom, and she's like, yeah, this is nice, uh, whatever. But then she chose the second backup that G&G got for me. Mm-hmm. But while I'm in Jamaica with my girlfriend, Bonner, and I tried on bo- both outfits, and she said to me, honestly, this is nice that your mom chose, but this is stage. And I'm like, exactly what I thought. Yeah. You know, and so I'm so happy that I allowed um, Future Couture to do her thing and to, you know, redesign what she made for herself and made it me. And I think it really worked out on stage.
0: Yeah. What would you say would have been the most memorable moment for you standing on the stage looking out there to those people there?
1: Wow. I think when I when I started I, <laughs> being on the side waiting to go on stage because yeah. they were doing the whole the whole presentation on the screen with me, you know, Nikki hype. They're yeah, they're doing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing—a a, pre record video of my different uh, pics and you know the audio and all that. So right there, I'm there. I'm like, this is it, guys. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> right. And before that, though, my dad was there. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Desmond Shaw was there. He came. And so I saw him backstage before I went on stage. And that just made me feel my dad is here. I mean, I love my mom and she's mm. she's in my thoughts. And you know, we spoke before the day of whatever, but my mom is always so nervous for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not talking to you before I go on stage. No yeah. way. You're too nervous. But seeing my dad there, know that he was there to support me. Mm-hmm. And I had to show him that this is actually what I do. Because he's never really seen me in action. Yeah, He hears that I'm a host and all that stuff. He's never really seen me. And so I had to turn up the volume a, not- a little bit, you know, a notch. And then I also hear my-, my dancehall family here in the back of my head saying, girl, you better not mess up. <laughs> girl, you know what I'm saying? And I know that the naysayers were watching as well. And I, you know... But at the end of the day, I've been doing this for many years, mm-hmm. and now I have the opportunity. I'm gonna take it. Yeah, I'm gonna run at it. And so I said a little prior, he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide on the shadow of the Almighty." Sting, are you ready? <laughs> that is it.
0: <laughs> because you were actually the first person out on Sting. Mm-hmm. That's wild to even think that. That's, that's wild. Wow, that was wild. Wow. Yeah.
1: And um, I think I got a really tough segment of Sting, mm-hmm. but that's what made it more special.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I got the no name artist. Yes yeah. to 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 um
0: But the girl that you brought out from um, Saint Vincent, I can't remember. Her,
1: her name. name is Oh man. I'll tell you just now. Sit Sita? Sita. Yes. Listen, Shabbat. Shibad. Shabbat. Shibad. The girl. Yeah took the audience yeah. <laughs> and she spit the rhymes at them Bro, and she left them. Yeah. And I love that for her. And I, and I wish I brought up brought more female artists because mm-hmm. I think with my segment, I needed female, you know, mm-hmm. I needed, you know, even suspense. She was there. I wish I'd brought her out, you know, Pampatism, my girl. I wish she had, you know, but I did what I had to do with the material that I got. Because at first, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. the lady that presented me with the list, She said to me, I have never seen you work before on stage. Yes, I've seen your portfolio, but I've never seen you work on a platform such as Sting. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I'm giving you these names, which is like four names, five names or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And I looked at the five names. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make the best of it. Yeah. And, you know, from that five name, I was on stage for two and a half hours calling out the list, going down the line to the point where... The, D, the other host kind of felt away and like, join in with me. Yeah, I, seen, I seen that. <laughs> right? and I seen that. Right? And I had to show so, him at some point, like, I'm not competing with you. We mm-hmm. can work together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You do your thing and you call it. I'm, not, I'm just happy to be here yeah. and doing what I'm doing.
0: What's your honest thoughts on the Queenie and Amari clash? You were there, remember. You seen it from one way. You seen it from another What's your honest thoughts on that clash here?
1: Amari does not did not understand the concept of clash. Yeah. She literally thought she came here to fight. From the beginning. Yeah. I don't know if no one spoke to her. I don't think they dealt with her properly either, you know? Mm -hmm. But I really think that her concept of Clash was to come on stage and fight because the moment she first and foremost when the other host was calling her out, Mm -hmm. calling out, she was first wanted to call out Queenie. Yeah. Amari walked on stage and and interrupted. Mm -hmm. Then when Queenie came on the stage, before she even got on the stage, Amari came and stood up on her gown stood up on the gown and would not leave, I would not come off the gown. It was hilarious. I'm like, is this really happening? I'm standing there, is this happening right now? Like, does she know what this is going on? And Queenie's in awe because we're like, is this woman a mad woman? <laughs> but they're both crazy. But I mean, I love Queenie. She did her thing and she tried to compose herself and did what she came on to do, you know, and, and what she did actually started making her get more jobs, right?
0: Yeah. Crazy. So you you would say that experience on Sting was a a great experience.
1: It was a great experience for me, in, in spite of what people are saying about the entire show itself. From mm-hmm. myself, it was a big platform, and uh, the the experience was amazing for me. Yes, you're going to have the down, you know, the negative parts of it, and the parts that didn't go your way. But in life, that's not how it works. You gotta life throws you a lemon, you make lemonade, yeah, right?
0: You understand. Yeah. And even that, like about ten days after that, you had a promotion on there, white and bright. With Mr. Killer. With Mr. Killer, How, why did you decide now to bring Mr. Killer, a Soca artist, to Jamaica? What was it? Why did you think to do that there?
1: Um, my partner and I, um, we discussed that the fact that Mr. Killer has done so much collaboration with other Jamaican artists, and he's never really been. That was his second time in Jamaica. Okay. And um, so we thought that you know bringing him would kind of you know gravitate to the brand, mm-hmm. white and right knowing that he's a big international soca artist and white and Bride, who is just barely wetting their our feet in Jamaica, you know, we would be placed on the map of entertainment and keeping uh, events, you know, mm-hmm. that's on such a scale. You know, you have to be respected at some point, right? So if you're just keeping mediocre parties, you know, the Sands and the uh, BRT weekend, we're never going to be in their circle and, unless we prove ourselves that
0: we are able to. Yeah. Right. It cost
1: a pretty penny, but yeah, (laughs) shit.
0: (laughs) It worked out. You understand? Yeah. Even, I know for 2022, Nitro, they gave you host of the year. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes. Okay. That's why I even brought up the Hilly situation in the first place. Just to show you, again, full circle moment where we could be on the outs, and then you know what? Look, Jeff told you you should talk, mm-hmm. and he said, "Okay, talk." And you talk, mm-hmm. and they ended up giving you the female was it female host or host of the year?
1: I think it's female host. A mm-hmm. female host. I still yeah. have the trophy. I mean, Jeff is 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 an amazing person, and he is he is one of the staple members in dancehall, mm-hmm. right? And he, you know, he does what's needed to be done to keep the peace, so to speak, mm-hmm. and to keep dancehall at a level where we can have enjoyment. You know, meaning bringing good events, good music, keeping the stapled people in connection with each other, so to speak. Because if we fall apart at the top, what do we expect our patrons to do, right? So Jeff is pretty good at doing that. And I think they well, he more than anyone has recognized my talent and where I'm coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so to give that to me, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to, for him to, to give that to me.
0: You've been on a roll, Nikki. Gay. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> I'm on
1: Sometimes when it's yours, it's yours. You know, when it's your time, it's your time. You know.
0: What's next for Nikki Hype 2023
1: right now? Oh man. Um. Wow. <laughs> What's next? There's a lot going on.
0: Yeah.
1: For Nikki Nikki Hype, a lot's going on. I'm 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 looking for some shows. I'm getting some shows in the states right now. Okay. Um. England is coming up shortly. Right. Yeah, right. And uh, um yeah, a few big big platform have already contacted me to host your events, mm-hmm. but I am sort of under management. So <laughs> mm.
0: so management is taking care of taking what's care happening, of what's right, happening now.
1: right now. Yeah. yeah. So my Toronto people, please don't be mad. I know they call me for bookings and, you know, um Sometimes I'm not available or the price may sound like, woo, Nikki. <laughs> 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 well, I'll go on with that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I try to make sure that my quality work, um, not only on stage, but before we get on stage, you know, I try to make sure that your, your event is promoted properly. I try to be crazy with the promotion and um, try to make sure that, you know, you, I gravitate as much income to your event as possible mm. with what I do.
0: That makes sense. Last one I have before I get you out of here. You've been in Toronto dance hall scene from, say, mid to late 90s to right now. What would you say has been the biggest change that you've seen, whether it be good or not so good in the dance hall scene from back then to right now?
1: The younger people are now taking over. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the younger people are taking over, which, which is good because there's growth. There's growth in dance hall now, and it's not just the same set of people keeping... Events, you know, it's it's different varieties of of different that you can look forward to. The music somewhat remains the same every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we need our DJs that are really good at what they do, but they need to start changing up their playlists a little bit. You know, to make mm-hmm. it more entertaining. We need people to stop coming out as late as they do. You know so we can you know, have uh, in more enjoyment. So the DJs themselves will get into the groove and play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Because if at 10 o'clock there's no one there, you don't want to play. And then when it's time for you to play, you'll feel like you have to play the top yeah. 10. However, they have to remember that there's more than one top 10, mm. right? And so you can play, but you don't have to do the regular top 10. Money pull up is also an issue they want to play for the top ten to get the money pull up, mm-hmm. but surprisingly, I've seen there's this one DJ that I look up to. I mean, not look up to, but I read.
0: Yeah.
1: Cash money from George Tone. Okay. DJ Cash Money from Josh yeah. Tone. But, mm-hmm. Um, I seen him play, and he gets a lot of money pull up, and he's not the top ten.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Um. And so I know that there's music that can be played. Chippy is very talented. Flare is on fire right now, right? And I know that they can do it. There's so many DJs out there that knows their stuff and have the music in their laptop yeah. to play. It's just for them to, you know, stop being lazy and put it together. I've played with Chippy Addy. Um, anniversaries uh, that are 50, 50 birthday parties and, and older generation and he knows where to go to find those music.
0: This is Alan son we're talking exactly, about Exactly,
1: right? You know I mean? And I've traveled with Shippy a lot too mm-hmm. and so I know he's very very talented but sometimes they get lazy, right? Fire Kid mm-hmm. come on, you know that when he's ready to spit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and so that's what it is. They just need to you know step out of their comfort zone Mm-hmm. and um, start playing different top 10s because there's a lot of different top 10s in different areas, right, sure. eras.
0: You get it. Nikki, excellent, transparent conversation.
1: Thank you for having me once again. And yeah. Thank Get you. Get up yourself. To, I, I feel like I'm on on stage, you know, on stage. You know how long I wanted to sit in this red chair? Guy.
0: but you well, you've been on stage. i seen a clip of you on stage.
1: I've been on stage, yeah. but not my own personal All interview. Right, I, and I was you. in the mix of you. people. But I feel like, you know, thanks mm-hmm. for having me, Masa. I appreciate you. Remember, you remember, we
0: spoke since August, you know.
1: I know. Since August. Since you know. August, I was supposed yeah. to be here. and I'm here, though. I'm grateful. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yes. Any big ups, leave some contacts, anything right now, the floor is yours before we get out of for
1: here. For booking and hosting, contact me at Real Hype Styles. You know, Nikki, have the right type, Real Hype Styles. I want to shout out to my mother that I love so dearly. I want to give God thanks for all that he has done for me, you know, over my 20, my, how much years am I? Let's leave that alone. All right. No, for real. Um, Shout out to my white and bride posse. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my friends, you know, that have me from day one, Big Up Yourself, Mark Decor, wherever you're standing, sitting. Mikey Mention.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, you know that's your counterpart that's right That's my there.
1: counterpart right there. Mm-hmm. And the entire dance hall fraternity that have showed me love and support f- on, on my journey to where I am right now. And everyone that played a role. Thank you. Thank you. All the promoters that have booked me for hosting that have helped me grow. You know, every weekend that I'm, I am take the mic. Thank you so much. And uh, just everyone that has been
0: supporting me. I do appreciate the love. Yeah. Cheering for you, Nikki. When I seen you come out on Sting, yo, know, I scream <laughs> at my laptop. <laughs> I screamed at myself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You got, there's so much more to go. And trust me, I'm, I can't wait to sit down with you again when you. Get to another level to where you're going.
1: I appreciate you that understand? very much. God riches blessings. And I, I just, you know, I humbly accept all of this. And uh, I'm so glad for growth Yeah. and the maturity where I'm at right now. And I know that will bring me a far away.
0: You understand. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an outro and get you out of this epic, transparent, real conversation. All right? Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle. And this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.